What's up guys? Welcome to Enjoy the Sass. You guys already know who I am. I'm Faith, the host of this podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. This past couple of months has been nuts and we've barely had any podcasts, but it's okay. We're back a little bit now and I'm so excited for today's guest. She is one of my like church moms who I just love. She gives some of the best hugs and just I feel wiser every time that I'm around her and I just knew that I needed to have her on the podcast. So please show some love. Give like all of the love to Susan in the comments of this episode because she's incredible. And I just I already know this is going to be like such an amazing conversation that we're going to have. So welcome, Susan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, you know, your life? Well, my name is Susan Oberg, and I am a mother of four. I have four girls. I have twins that are 15. They'll be sophomores. They're, and then I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. I've been married for almost 19 years. Wow. And I was in Minnesota. My husband was in Illinois, or in California when we met, and we were an internet connection. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I love that. It's a, it's a really funny story. I was um, a youth director at our church, and I had a guy that I really, really liked a lot. And we had dated for a little while, and um, he was just really honoring. He didn't fall in love with me the way that he could tell I was falling in love with him. And so he broke up with me and I was just broken because I was so old, I thought. And I thought, how, you know, when am I going to meet somebody? And I was doing a study on the book of Moses and Mm. just all that the Israelites, the trust that they had to have. And I also was looking at the study, um, Secrets of the Vine, where he, you know, God takes, he prunes the branches Mm. and I realized, and it was interesting because on some TV shows, they were talking about there were vineyards in Minnesota, and I would never have considered that there would be grape vineyards in Minnesota mm-hmm. and wineries in Minnesota. California, obviously, but not yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. I was in Minnesota, and Eric was in California. And in the story, um, he talks about he bought this new house, and in between the two houses was this fence, and it was it had these big grape leaves and he looked outside one day and the neighbor was chopping them all off. Mm. And he thought, why are they, what, you know, he wondered why he was doing that. So he went out there, he was visiting. He's like, obviously you don't like the leaves all on the, the fence. He said, well, do you know much about vines and grapes and stuff? And he's like, well, I know I thought that they were really pretty. That this is the author that was, you know, not knowing this. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you have to take the, the cut the, the leaves back in the fall to have bigger, juicier fruit in the spring. Mm-hmm. And this guy ended up breaking up with me at the end of the summer, going into the fall, and I ended up meeting my husband in February. And Aww. I just saw that the symbolism of that, that God had to take away something to give me bigger, juicier fruit. Mm. And my life has just exploded since that time. Oh, I love that. So we've been married for almost 19 years. We live in Texas now. We lived most of our life a married life in California, and we also were in Vancouver, Washington for about six years. Wow, I love that. How, I didn't, I had no idea that you met on the internet. Yep, it was way, way, way back when it was very at the beginning, and um, I it was it was hard because I was in Minnesota and he was in California, yeah. And so talking on the phone were two hours different, but he 
His dad owned a bar, and my dad was a pastor, so we had very different backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. And I asked him in the one of our first questions, I said, so what has God done in your life in the last five years? Because that's mm. kind of a question that I have had so much throughout my life. I yeah. asked myself that question because I want to look different in five years. Not necessarily physically different, but kind of. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, there sure. are times, there have definitely been years where I look way different in five years physically, but I just want to keep growing. Mm. So I asked him that question, and it was almost five years to the day that he had prayed to receive Christ, and he had he had walked away from his drug addiction, alcohol. He had been involved with um, several abortions. Mm. I mean, his life was so different from mm. my life. And he was then at the when we met, he was in seminary. He was coaching kids basketball. He would go on missions trips to Mexico, and um, he was invo- involved in Bible study fellowship, and I was too. So I'm in Minnesota. I'm on staff at church as a youth leader. I am doing BSF. My roommates are both in seminary. I mean, there were ways that we could have met if we had been yeah. geographically in the same place, right, but right. we weren't. Right. And um, so we would have conversations for hours. So the, our relationship was not developed and started at all on any physical. Mm. For the first month or so, he barely even knew what I looked like. And that's another whole story that yeah. would be very fun to tell you, but that's... <laughs> For a different time. Different time. <laughs> Talk about what it's like to build a connection solely based on just who you are. You know what? It was really, really cool because we didn't have any... The, the physical didn't get in the way. If yeah. You go, if you meet somebody and you go on a date and you go to a movie, you sit there and you're not really talking. Right. And if you're on the phone, you're... You know, there there can be quiet times. Yeah. But a lot of times when you go on a date, there's other distractions. Right. This, other like, people. There's no other distraction when you're on the phone with somebody. And especially 19 years ago, technology was different. We didn't have FaceTime. So we didn't right. FaceTime. Right. I had my first cell phone, like, right at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, so it the, the physical just didn't get in the way. And... I, I don't know. I, I, I've said a number of times to him that if any were to ha- anything were to happen to us physically where we couldn't even be intimate or something like that, mm-hmm. we have such a strong foundation of conversation and communication. That's what it was built on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't built on anything else. Yeah. It wasn't built on a favorite hobby. It wasn't built right. on a favorite this. It wasn't built on a physical relationship. It yeah. was built on just talking and we talked about everything and at that point too i knew he's not going to sustain a long-term long-distance relationship this long if he's not serious yeah and me too yeah oh so how did you finally connect we had tried a couple times to make it happen a little bit earlier but i was like i said i was a youth leader and we had a couple missions trips going on all all uh i had during the fall we had lots of youth retreats and stuff. And so I just didn't have time. And at the end of the spring, I didn't have time to go and see him. Mm. So it was like, we met in February. And then that whole season, we just couldn't see each other. So Memorial Day weekend, he came for six or seven days to Minnesota. Wow. And he stayed in a hotel. And we just, we went on dates and I worked and then he'd work during the day. And then we'd go out at night. And, you know, I took a couple vacation days, I'm sure. But he got to meet my parents, and he got to meet my brother and his family. They were all really hesitant. Mm-hmm. They didn't embrace the whole thing very fast. Sure. But I'll tell you, it was really weird being on staff at a church, and everybody knows me. Of I'm course. single. And 
I was like, how in the world are we going to go to church? Do we go to my church? Do we go someplace else? Because if you show up at my church and you're sitting next to me, people Everyone's are like, going to ask who questions. Is she? And so I don't think he even thought about the what would happen, but he ended up sending me a dozen long stem red roses at the office like a day or two before he oh. showed up. And I thought, okay, now everybody's going to be like, yep. where do these yep. roses come from? <laughs> and so I was able to kind of let the cat out of the bag and say, okay, so there's this guy and Aww. he's going to come visit. And he's going to sit next to me and he's probably going to put his arm around me. Like, because we had, we already had fallen in love with each other in, in our hearts. Yeah. Physically we hadn't, and we had to work through that. So even when we saw each other, like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Wow. Anyway, Aww. that's my favorite. I, and I don't I think I've ever that. had another do- long dozen long stem red roses since. But wow. that first one made such a difference. Oh, that's so sweet. Wow, I already <laughs> loved you guys. And that just makes me love y'all so much more. Oh, I got stories. Oh, I got stories. Oh, my gosh. So take me to, you said you guys lived in California primarily. And then you lived in Washington. Mm-hmm. And now you're in Texas. Yep. What has that been like as a family to, you know, make... Those are pretty big moves. Mm-hmm. It's I'm sure the move from... Y'all were in California before you came to Texas? Or yes. Was, yes. We've been in California twice. Yeah, I have to, I'll tell you that story. Yeah. I've lived in 11 different states. Oh so my moving gosh. has been something that's been a part of my life. Yeah. And I've moved... I went to high school north of Dallas, so I had grown up. Just that season, just high school. Uh-huh. I was in Texas and absolutely loved my high school years. Yeah. And then I went away to college up in Illinois and I was in there in that area for about 12 years. And then I moved to Minnesota and I lived there for a little while. And that's when I met Eric. So these moves, it was nothing for me. Yeah. I don't like the moves, but at the same time, I've made friends all over. So yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I take it and it's okay. Yeah. So when we first got married, we lived in... Uh, Northern California, not, not not North, Central California, in San Jose. We lived there for a year, and then we bought a house about an hour and a half away from there in, in Manteca, and had our girls, our twins, and um, then we lived there for about two years. Eric's dad got really sick and passed away, mm-hmm. and it was a very difficult season for us. We ended up getting moving out of that house. And we moved to Vancouver, Washington. We had taken a family trip and just drove up the coast and decided, let's let's move. So we went to Vancouver, and God opened so many doors, relationships and ministry, and mm. so much healing happened. And then while we lived in Vancouver, Washington, was when we had our next two girls. And um, then it was, it's just rainy and gloomy mm. in Vancouver. Vancouver is just over the border of Portland, Okay. Um, not the top part. It's the very bottom part of Washington. Hmm. And it's just rainy and gloomy all the time. And Eric's work would bring him to California a lot. So he always got these snapshots or weekends mm, of sun. Perfect and I, weather. Yes. And in the summer times and at Christmas time, a lot of time we'd go spend a couple weeks in California. And he would work and meet with the people there. And we'd stay with family and friends, sometimes in hotels. And then we just vacationed in California. And I absolutely loved it. I, I was born in Minnesota, but I really think I should have been a California girl. Yeah. Because I love the sun. I love water. I Yeah, I just love that. Yeah. And um, so we decided to move to California, and we moved back, and we went to Southern California, North County, San Diego. And we lived there for six years. And then um, 
just looking at some financial, you know, just taking care of our finances because all of our girls play softball and the travel expenses and all the pieces that go with that and just take some stress off. And we wanted to go to a state that had year-round softball opportunity for our girls and that has competitive ball. And that's what brought us to Texas. And we had um, some friends that were starting a church in North Austin area. And so we thought, well, let's just go there. I was thinking we were going to Dallas, but we ended up in Austin. (laughs) And so we served with them for about a year and then uh, made the transition over to the church that we're at now. And it's it's a really good fit for our girls. But that's what brought us to Texas, okay. what brought us to Austin. Yeah. And I absolutely love it here. Oh, I love that. I feel like Austin, people compare Austin and California all the time. So if you lived in California and then you came to Austin, there's not a whole lot that's different. We don't have great beaches. That's or, true. That is know, very, very true. It's not perpetually 85 degrees outside. It's very hot here. Mm-hmm. But... I, it's such a great city and a great place. And I'm glad that you guys are here because your family is amazing. And I just, well, you already know how much I love your girls. And I feel like I can sit and talk with any one of you for hours oh. and hours and hours. And so that's why I was like, I have to have Susan on the podcast. So talk about you. We talked like a little snippet at the beginning of this about your um, your company. Talk about what you do and how that all kind of ties into what makes you who you are. So I, I, when I've worked at different churches, I've done youth ministry and women's ministry and, ch- and children's ministry. And that was part of my, rela- you know, when I first got married, I did a lot of those kinds of things, the, the kids and the women's. And my husband, with the background that he had with recovery stuff, we got more involved in Celebrate Recovery. Mm. And... I didn't know that I had the things I I had that I needed to deal with. And I would go to the meetings and I just felt like it was so helpful for me. Mm. And so I started really looking at my hurts, hangups and habits. And I started doing some of the step studies and I would get involved with um, serving and it just changed my life. Mm. I've probably done 12 to 15 step studies in these last 19 years. And Eric and I got to be ministry leaders and start a Celebrate Recovery. And I love to watch people's lives change Mm. when they are not so stuck in what has had them stuck. Mm. And I can testify for myself. I've dealt with some intimacy issues. I've dealt with weight issues. I've dealt with bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. Those are the biggest issues and expectations and unrealistic expectations. Mm. So I've worked with high school kids and I've worked with women and then I've done the recovery stuff and that's such a passion. So moving to California or to Texas, my schedule with my daughter's school stuff and traveling with the softball, I didn't know that if I could really commit to doing celebrate recovery because that's a, that's a nine to 12 month commitment when you're Mm. doing a step study Mm -hmm. and evenings typically. And so I had a lot of ladies I'd worked with that said, you know, you should do this more one-on-one and and start just, you know, see how that unfolds. So I decided I have a degree in social science psychology. I have a lot of years of the Celebrate Recovery tools and ministry experience. I'll start life coaching. Mm. So I started right away doing some one-on-one life coaching. And last summer, the reality of growing it and and kind of calling it something really started to unfold 
because we had gone to a softball clinic and there was a lady who had gotten a bunch of ladies who had like-minded um, experience and passions and they started talking about how could they work together and then how could they bring w- girls together and impact them. Mm. They all live in different parts of the country, but they come together for the same purpose. Right. For that. And it's all about softball. Yeah. And so I kind of looked at her model and I called her after we got home and kind of picked her brain a little bit about how that worked. Yeah. And my daughters, because they're so into Instagram and technology and stuff, they're like, mm-hmm. Mom, we got we to gotta brand you. We've got to figure out how to do this. Yeah. And so... Gathering Company was born in January, mm. and what it looks like is it's a like a pie. Mm-hmm. A quarter of the pie is the one-on-one life coaching, and then a quarter of the pie is some small group coaching. And I've done a word of the year uh, com- event. Um, I am looking at doing some parent coaching for some of the softball things that mm. I'm seeing and, and, and experiencing with the with my girls and parents and sitting at games I hear so much stuff. So oh yeah. I'm I'm wanting to do that. So I'm working with some local coaches to put some of that kind of stuff together. And then the other half of the pie is all the the community outreach stuff. Mm. And that includes the women's group that I host, our marriage group, any kind of community outreach kinds of things. And my mission statement is to lead women into a personal and growing relationship with themselves, with their families, and with the community around them. Mm. So the with themselves is that's, you know, maybe they want to work on some stuff that they need to face and deal with. And yeah. especially right now in this season, the pandemic and oh, the, gosh. the things that people are running to and trying to cope with. Yeah. It's, it's that one-on-one coaching is so Huge. important. Yeah. And so people, you know, they need that that time. And then, you know, to work with their family. It, it, like, how do I better my family? You know, being intentional with our word of the year mm. and, you know, having a something to move forward to, some to-do yeah. lists, some goal setting, um, and then also to help orchestrate my, how my daughters are maneuvering through life and then having a community impact. Mm. And so I, it's... So that's how the gathering company formed, and I have seven ladies on my founding team, and we mm-hmm. come together, and they all have kind of taken different areas that are the areas that they're really gifted in. I have some that work on the business development that I know nothing about, and for them, it's like it 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 makes complete sense, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, this is easy. I'll do this part." Yeah. And then others that are really actively involved with the table is the name of the women's ministry that we do, and then. Um, I've got some people that are involved with the marriage group, and they help, you know, interact with the, the couples there. My husband leads it primarily, and yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. I I find it so inspiring, just like to hear you talk about, you know, just like an idea, and then how you have created this amazing ministry for yourself and for your community community something that like I feel like as a young adult I struggle with because and I feel like a lot of young adults do because I'm in a place where you know I went through church like I grew up in church I went to all of the bible studies and did all the things and then I got to college I was a part of a college ministry I still went to my parents church while I was in college and then coming out of college I kind of like was struggling to find a place and then I found reach 
through some friends. And now I have this amazing community Mm -hmm. that has just been so instrumental in so much of my growth personally, spiritually, you know, as a woman, as a young person, all of that, that has just, it's been so important for me, you know, to have a community and for you to just be so intentional with fostering that and helping people to find that for themselves, Mm -hmm. specifically women. I feel like we can be so, um, like, I don't know, as like a young adult, I kind of get a little shy and I'm a very extroverted person, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to do that because I don't know anyone (laughs) or whatever, you know, and I just love that, like, you can partner with women to help them to see the potential in all of those areas that Mm -hmm. you talked about. I just think that's so, so, so cool. Well, another part I have with that's a tagline with the mission statement is to leverage every resource available to help people connect with others and impact the world around them. Mm. And the verses that are our primary verses are Romans 12, 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Matthew 4, 19, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And First Chronicles 4.10, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Mm. And I've asked the ladies on my team, what do you want to see yeah. in the next year? You know, when you look back at what's happened with the gathering company in this last year, what role did you have? Yeah. And start kind of setting a hope and yeah. a dream for yourself. Yeah. Because I'm just the one that kind of said, come together. Let's do yeah. this together. Because I don't want to do this by myself. It's right. not so fun to do it by myself. Right. And I'm not going to be able to reach everybody. Right. And there are some things I do not know how to do. Even the podcast thing, you know, I've been picking your brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I've been, in, you know, they've been talking to me about doing something right. like this, but to find somebody who's doing it and watch them do it, I'm going to be so much more confident when I'm watching somebody and I'm kind of going alongside them. Yeah. So some of the ladies here, that's what's happening. And then when we bring more ladies on and they're like, I never thought that I could do this. Yeah. I'm so excited to be a part of something and we right. want to gather and feel like a part of something. And I yeah. think you're probably growing so much in what you're doing because of the people that are around you that yeah. are fueling the flames oh, that are all around you. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, well, I wouldn't have this podcast if I didn't have people who are like, well, we can help with that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I call my podcast partners, my engineer yep. and his wife, who's my best friend, you know, since forever. And the Things that I've done in youth ministry and in ministry in general, you know, I wouldn't be nearly as confident or or willing to try and be confident without people pushing me. Yep. You know, I'm sure you and a lot of people can relate to that fact of it's really who you bring into your life who will make you better yep. and who will help you to be better. Yep. Well, I I have been a stay-at-home mom, and I have been doing stay-at-home mom things, and I've yeah. done the women's ministry stuff, but it's a book. It's a a book that you buy at on a bookshelf, Yeah, and I, everybody knows how to go buy a book on a bookshelf, right. but not everybody knows how to bring it to technology mm-hmm. to really share mm-hmm. with more people. Right. And especially right now, I can't gather with people... Like I once, you know, I could invite people over all the time and I could get my pat, you know, what God's telling me out right? when I could invite him to my house, but I can't do that. So I need to, to shift. And, you know, you've got people that have said, here, 
take it, do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm anyway. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I think it's really cool to, especially in this season to like, I don't know, for me, I've just been very like introspective about what the Lord is doing in my life and where I'm supposed to be going. I was talking to Kay about this before, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily feel the most qualified all the time to do what we feel like we're called to. Yeah. But it's with people and it's with God that we can do what we are doing. Yep. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if someone hadn't believed in me. You wouldn't be where you are if someone hadn't believed in you and God hadn't put the right people in front of us to walk beside us to like push us along the way, yep. you know, because it it's a, a journey to get to a place where you're comfortable enough to walk out what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. It was my 13-year-old daughters. They're 15 now, but yeah. they were 13 uh-huh. when they were like, Mom, you got to do this. Yes. And that it would take some, you know, these young girls. Yeah. And that, that they would think that highly of me. Mm. Obviously, God has blessed me in the relationship with them. Yeah. Because I'm sure that there are a lot of moms that would be like, my, my kid doesn't even care really yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. They're not interested in it all, sure. at all. Yeah. And so it's, it's, oh, it's an amazing blessing. I love that. Talk about what it's like to raise young girls in today's world. <laughs> like, that's a big question, but... It's, I know you can handle it. Can it can be kind of scary. Yeah. Um, I, so a lot, there's been a lot of healing that's taken place in my life. Mm. I said earlier, my dad was a pastor, but when I left after high school, I left and I was broken. My relationship mm. with my dad was broken. Yeah. And at that point I started dealing with some things and doing a little bit of counseling, but I, it was still so new. I hadn't, I didn't understand all of that. And the bitterness and re- resentment was there for years. Mm. And when I met my husband, it's crazy that it took a bar owner's son mm. and all that, that he had been involved in to open up my heart, my mind, mm. to deal with the things I needed to deal with. Yeah. And there were a lot of other people. that Those are some fun stories, too, the people through the recovery process that yeah. use these unlikely people. Yeah. So unlikely. They, are, they were the, the messiest of the mess. And they changed me. Mm. And so... Because I have dealt with a lot of those things, I really believe that my understanding, my relationship with Jesus is so much healthier. I can breathe. When I sing, I breathe so deep because Mm. there was no actual abuse or physical or emotional abuse, really. There was just bitterness and resentment and unresolved Mm. hurts. Mm. And I, I needed to deal with my my perspective on that. And so because I've taken the time to do that, I think that God has filled in the gaps with a lot of discernment Mm. and wisdom and his truth. And I'm asking him all the time, especially right now in this season, there's, there are lies flying around all over the place and I don't want to hear the lies. I don't want the lies to stick on me. I want Jesus truth. Mm. And so I ask him for his truth all the time in so many ways in so many ways and again really a lot in these days yeah but i think what it's like raising girls 
they're, you know, they say that, and I know that moms have eyes in the back of their head. Oh yeah. And I seriously think umpires should be women because (laughs) (laughs) we can see, like our head can spin and we see it all. (laughs) I love that. And you know, and umpires don't get it right. I'm like, if it had been a woman, I think he probably, (laughs) they would have not gotten that out. (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know how we see and know things, but we do. No, you do. And, um, I just think that he's given me some discernment. Absolutely. And so there have been times when I've woken up in the middle of the night and I am at, at unrest about mm. something going on with my girls. And mm. I've gone into their room and I've just prayed over them mm. and declared truths and protection over them. Because we've had some pretty division potential kind of situations mm. that have happened around a lot of the softball stuff. Yeah. A lot of the politics of it. And yeah. the the... Um, injustice and the ways that coaches have treated them and then how it has an effect because coaches and teachers and pastors are very influential on our kids Mm -hmm. yeah and when they are are really believing and trusting in those leaders and they fail them it comes home yeah and so yes and i believe parents have that same that same impact but sure my point is that they had impact from other people and it was it was troublesome Mm. so I, there have been times that I've woken up and I've just had to pray over them. Yeah. Um, we, my husband is very good and very c- persistent about us not missing church. Mm. I bet on my hand, both my hands and maybe... Some toes. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you how many times in all these years of softball that we have missed church on mm. a Sunday. Wow. And we've been traveling and we still have it. Yeah. And... It, and it's not just online stuff. Obviously online right now, but it was not like that. We would find a church wherever we'd go. Wow. And he, I, I don't know how he found these amazing churches out in the, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But we have... So he's been really consistent. And, yeah. And that has been a blessing. Yeah. I think that that is not returning void at all. Mm. Um, so... Our, and our girls don't have a rebellious spirit about yeah, it. Yeah. They're... Yeah. They're, you know, the, I, I think I've really been praying for that. I want yeah. this to be theirs. Yeah. Not because it's mine. Right. You know, we're setting an example and we have these things, but the worship music that we have playing in yeah. our house a lot. Yeah. Um, the going to church regularly, kind of letting them grow the way that they want to grow. Mm. I, I, I'm blown away yeah. by how they've grown and what they say and they do. Me I, too. All the time. <laughs> it's not, some of it, some of it's from me and some of it's from my husband, but God has his hand and he has got such favor yeah. over them. Yeah. It's incredible to watch them, all of them. I mean, obviously, as like a youth leader, I have gotten to get to know Annika and Kaya Mm -hmm. the most of the four. But even Michaela, just, you know, seeing how excited she is to go to church or to be at church, you know, and watching Annika and Kaya just be these little warriors in their lives, in their communities, is just amazing. I get emotional just thinking about it because I, not everyone has that culture fostered in their lives, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, we see it in our in our students. They all come from different places, yeah. and you can tell when their home has been the way that you described worship music, consistent church, you know, talking about God, having that as like a foundation, you can tell 
it's reflected in everything that they do say, how they act when they come to church. And I just love that they can be an example for those who don't have that, you know, and that obviously reflects largely on their home life. And so to get to love on them and see them grow as young women, and then to talk to you and to your husband about how you foster that culture and that lifestyle in your home is pretty incredible. The evil one really gets to me the most in my value, and I struggle a lot with thinking that I'm having any kind of impact. Mm. And it, it confuses my husband quite often when I tell yeah. him that I'm struggling with feeling like I have, I'm have. i making any kind of impact. Yeah. And the other day, the girls came home, and they said that the, one of the youth leaders said when they first saw the girls, they're like, who are their parents? Yeah. I want to know who who are their parents. Yeah. And I almost wanted to cry when the, <laughs> when they told me that because I thought, you know, there are a lot of ways that I don't feel like I'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. because the evil one's trying to get in there and he's yeah. trying to discourage me. And that's yep. his. That's where he does it. That, that and is. donuts. <laughs> he will. <laughs> he'll tell me, "Go get a donut. It'll make you feel better." And it doesn't. But it doesn't. My struggle of value and mm. impact. Yeah. And, you know, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. And those kind of nuggets are a blessing. Oh, so, good. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So I ask, well, I have asked a couple of guests on the podcast this question, and it's a question my dad asked me, um, which is, everybody knows that we are believers. I think that's very clear from our conversation and the way that we act. My name is also Faith. Like, you mm-hmm. know, um, It's very clear that we love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you can and I can for sure think of countless stories of how I've encountered God in church. We talk about those all the time. But the stories my dad told me, the stories that hold the most weight and that I'm impacted by hearing you speak about are the times that God, you have encountered God on your own, outside of the four walls of a church or, you know, a youth service or whatever. So I like to ask, I asked Vaude first and it was an incredible, like such a cool moment. Um, so I want to ask you, what is something in your life that stands out as like a moment that you really encountered God or knew that God was real in your life that did not happen in church? Hmm. Feel free to answer it however you would like to, but I just think that it's such a cool thing to think about, you know. I okay, uh, this one's pretty. T- it's it's kind of recent. Maybe uh-huh. it's the, maybe it's where you're going with this question. But I went to a when I when we moved here, mm-hmm. I had never known or heard of women's networking groups. Uh huh. And I heard about one in Cedar Park, and so I kind of looked into it. And I went to this break or this lunch, and this lady came up, and she just started talking, talking, talking to me. Yeah. And she asked me all about the softball stuff, and she knew a lot about me. Oh, and wow. I thought, I she because I guess yeah, I don't remember, but maybe you had to be, get be accepted into uh-huh. the the Facebook group. And so she's like, I'm going to check this person out before we just let her in. Yeah. And so she had looked at my profile, and she saw that I was 
very actively involved with softball with my girls. And so she, that's what she talked to me about the whole like beginning time when mm. everybody's kind of coming in. And I, I finally took my seat and I'm sitting there and they're starting the meeting and this lady gets up and she's introducing and then she ends up introducing this lady and her name is Anne. And I was like, oh, she's one of the main leaders here and come to find out she's also on the city council. And I was like, oh my goodness, mm. this lady is a city councilwoman and she was just interacting with me about my personal life. Yeah. And... Since then, I've come to find out her daughter plays softball with my daughters at the high school. She's on the booster club, so we've had coffee talking about booster club kinds of things. But where it start, what we, the question? Going back to the question, I had met her at that that thing, and maybe three weeks later, it was ten o'clock at night, and I got a text message, and she said, "Hey, I'm wondering if we can grab coffee." And my husband was out of town, and I messaged him like, you're not going to believe it. There's a city council lady that wants to have coffee with me because I'm praying to be a woman of influence. I want to impact people, and I want I want people to – I want to know the influencers, and I yeah. want to be able to encourage them in whatever they're doing. Yeah. I don't know where their faith is. I don't right. know if they have a faith, whatever. I don't know if their marriage is great, going great or if it's broken. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a great relationship with their kids or not or – if they've had miscarriages or they're mm. dealing with addictions, I don't know any of yeah. that. I just want to know them so that I can pour in their lives and invest in them. Yeah. And to have this lady, who is a lady who is wanting to have an impact in our city, reach out to me and say, hey, can we grab coffee? It wasn't anything about Jesus. Right. And yet I knew Jesus was going to go with me. Every Absolutely. time we have shown up for coffee, yeah. Jesus has been there. And I. It, so there, there's my answer. I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. I love that. Wow. That's so cool. (laughs) We've talked about that before, but even just hearing it again, you know, and earlier you were talking about how you were asked to pray Mm -hmm. at the city council meeting. Yeah. Like, you you nailed it. Like, it doesn't have to be about Jesus, but he's going to go with you no matter what. Yep. And I knew that they, like, just that, even that story, I knew that I, I, I did it online because they don't have, they weren't having an in-person mm, meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to take, I'm going to say the name of Jesus as often as I can because he yeah. needs to be there to help them. Yeah. I can't be there. I have, I have, have the, the least amount of knowledge to help them. Yeah. But I know who can. Yeah. And yeah. so as I, in my simple prayer, I just said his name a whole bunch of times and mm. let him his Holy Spirit do whatever he needed to do. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. I love the opportunities that we get to to talk about Jesus when you would least expect it. Yeah. I think that those are few and far between in a lot of our lives, but those are going to be the most important. Yeah. Because you never know who needed to hear that prayer. Yeah. That day. So cool. Well, I think even what's hard, it, like when I looked at developing my business, I have a big part where <clears throat> it's all ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been what I've been doing yeah. my whole married life. And even beyond, before that, it was just my heart. But yeah. then to do this part where it's actually a business mm-hmm. and I'm making money doing what I'm doing. Yeah. There's a heart, like my the, my founding team are like, you have a hard time with the financial part of it. <laughs> the other part, I could do it. In, all day. All my, yeah, in all my sleep. your life. Yeah. I just, I love being able to reach out to people. I love that. I love that. Uh, this has been so good. We could talk, you know, we could talk for hours and I we know. probably will, but <laughs> we'll, um, 
we'll close. I always like to ask three questions. What do you do for fun? What are you reading slash listening to? Because I've been super into audiobooks lately. Um, and then, like, what are you listening to other than, you know, books or um, stuff like that? So answer those how you will. Okay. If I had a perfect day, I would have a cold brew ice, ice cold brew coffee. Yes, always. In a swimming pool Ugh. with a floaty and no children around. Wow, that sounds fantastic to yeah. me too. Um, I would have a book. Maybe I would get to it. Maybe I wouldn't. Mm. I would be in and out of the pool. I wouldn't. And that that would be what I would do for fun. I love that. When I have other people around, absolutely going and grabbing a coffee. Yes. And talking for 30 minutes or talking for four hours. Yes. It, you know, I'll take, I'll take what I can get. Yes. I've been getting up early on Mondays and Tuesdays and grabbing coffee with ladies before I start work. And I just, I love that. That's so um, cool. And what am I reading? Well, I've had a book. Okay, what's the date today? July 25th. And I started reading this book in, in January. And with all this free time, you'd think I'd have it done. No. But no. I don't. And it's called take the day off because yes. my rest is uh-huh. one of my okay. words for the yeah. year. Intentionality is my second word. Because <gasps> we'll talk, we're going to go back to that. Rest is what I need to have so that I can be better in all the, the six days of yeah. being intentional. Yeah. I need to honor my day of rest. I love that. And so I like I, I just need to finish the book. I have like underlined and devoured so much of what I've got. Yeah. But I want to finish that book. Yeah. It's a good goal. And um, then... The other question was, what are you, what am I listening to? Yeah. I would listen to Michael Todd or Stephen Furtick all day long and yes. Bianca Olthoff. I would listen to them okay. all day long, uh-huh. whether it's a podcast or watching them on YouTube, whatever. Yeah. And then Elevation Worship, oh, so Maverick good. City Worship. Oh, um, I've been super into Maverick City lately. They're so good. And I go back to old school. Oh, some of course. Sa- some Sandy Patty and some <laughs> Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman, just like remembering the good old to days. nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is, those are all, my dad loved all of those. And um, Newsboys mm-hmm. and Mercy Petra. Me. Petra. <laughs> I, DC Talk. Yes, DC Talk. Yeah, we, those like, I just remember driving in the car with my dad listening to all of those. <laughs> So good. Third day. Mm-hmm. Third day was a big one. Every once in a while, I walk into his office and he's listening to all of that. And it just instantly takes me back to being like 12 years old driving in the oh. truck. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. Um, I want to go back to your words of the year because I know that's a big thing for you. And recently, um, probably three or four years ago, we had a youth pastor, Pastor Landon, Um who we were about to end one year and go into the next. And he said, I want you guys to spend this next couple weeks praying for the Lord to give you a word for the year, for the next year, whatever year it was. And I had never, you know, thought about that or done anything like that before, but it's something that I have now kept up with. Mm -hmm. And then I learned that you do that like already you know Um, I'm sure it's not a new concept but it was something that was new to me and you said your words for this year are rest and intentionality Mm -hmm. my words for this year 
our intentionality and flexibility. Wow, that's awesome. How cool is that? I just talk like what does it mean for you to have a word for the year? Like what's the importance of that to you? Well, I've had a couple of them and I what's interesting is when I first started doing it there were some ladies that did a challenge and they would they asked me if I would do a uh, face or live mm. or do a video for mm-hmm. their thing. I'm like, are you serious? And I was so nervous. So now yeah. you've got me on here. Like I've really Look at evolved. You. You've grown. Um, I love it. But it was uh, it was surrounding le- telling my story mm. why I selected the word for the year. Yeah. And one year I selected the word grace because mm. I did. Not, this is when I was beginning. I all the recovery stuff. There was no way I could even even come mm. up with a year a, a word. Yeah. But when I started getting more healthy, I was like, you know what? Just focus on this. Mm. Let this be where you want to go. So I had grace. I had um, elegant. The year we were moving, I wanted to look beautiful. Mm. Even if my hair was a mess, I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And I'm packing up. I'm at a softball tournament. I'm painting my kitchen. I'm you know, having a garage sale, whatever. That year was crazy. Yeah. And I wanted to go through that year looking very elegant. Mm. People that people could really relate to that and say, you know what? Mm. Her life is crazy, but she does it in a very simple, mm. intentional way. Wow. And so um I that was one of my favorite years. And then last year was calm because mm. I needed to just calm down. Yeah. This year, rest. I needed to be more active in it. Mm. The other one was the calm was more like a, a an attitude of the heart. Rest yeah. was actually physically rest. Physical. So I've cut things out. Yeah, there are things that I've stopped doing. Yeah, and things that I've started doing. Mm. So and also the reason why I, a rest was the first word I yeah. wanted. But I thought if I focus on rest for seven days, I'm gonna feel like I'm not doing anything. And the, yeah. that when I'm busy doing things, I'm going against what I'm trying to learn. Right. And so realizing I need to rest for one day. And then the other six days, I can like go crazy yeah. with what I'm doing. Yeah. As long as I'm cultivating this this area of rest. Yeah. So that's why they complemented each other that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been hard. You know, everything oh, changed. Yeah. And the time that I was going to take to really focus on it didn't evolve like I thought it was sure. this year. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to change it up a little bit the direction that I'm going to present it next year, which will be more of a rules for life. Mm. You know, developing what are my <clears throat> expectations and my rules yeah. for, that I want to have. For how I live my life. That's so good. That's so awesome. Wow. I just love you. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I. It's a perfect <laughs> story. It's perfectly perfect. Oh, thank you. This is really fun to be able to it be here so with you. It was so fun. I love talking to you. Think- on or off the microphone. Oh. You guys just will not be ready for when Susan has a podcast. Because oh. it's going to be so good. I can't wait to listen to it. I can't wait to have you as my guest speaker. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't know about that. But I certainly know that I'm blessed to have you in my life. Mm, Thank you. I'm blessed to have your family in my life. And I'm better for it. And I know that people listening to this, people who will hear you speak in the future, will be better because they've just gotten a little taste of what God is doing in your life. I just love you. I just love that. I love that God put people in my life like you. Oh, thank you. You guys, Susan is incredible. You should definitely follow the gathering company that you have an Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. It's gathering company 
just gathering company. Easy. And Susan Marie Oberg. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Do Lots that. Of links to find each other that way. Yes. I'll put all of the links in the show notes as always. You know where you can follow me at Enjoy the Sass on Instagram. It's kind of the main place. Um, you can go on my website, which I'm hoping to revamp very soon. It's in the process. I probably need to like recruit one of your daughters to do it for <laughs> me because I have no time to do it myself. But enjoythesass.com. Post at Enjoy the Sass is my email. Um, Susan, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. You're so welcome. I really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys soon. Stay tuned because I'm sure I will talk to Susan again. And I'm sure that I will talk about her podcast on here just as much as I talk about my own. So stay tuned. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.